0: Before the human race harnessed the power of fire, there was only darkness, an inky black foreboding abyss that concealed danger, mystery, and fear. Into that darkness, brave men would not venture, for as the map says, here, there be monsters. Good evening and welcome to Here There Be Monsters podcast. I am your captain, Derek Hayes. Since everyone seemed to enjoy last week's grab bag episode, I've decided to make that a regular occurrence. Personally, I enjoy them. Each call is a mystery just waiting to be discovered. I'll bounce back and forth with the themed episodes, but for the most part, I think I'll stick with this format going forward. Before we begin tonight, I want to remind you that if you've had a creepy encounter and want to tell the tale, please give me a call at 1-888-608-NIGHT. That's 888-608-6444. You'll be routed to a voicemail recorder where you can leave your message. The call is free and relatively painless. If you're not the talkative type, you also have the option to submit via your keyboard. Head on over to www. HearThereBeMonstersPodcast.com and click on the Sightings tab. You will find both the email to the show and a completely anonymous submission field for you to leave your story. Now that that's out of the way, let's get into the meat and potatoes of tonight's show. Our first story was submitted to us using the anonymous feature, and once you hear their story, you'll understand why. I am a person with extreme social anxiety, to the point where I do everything I can to avoid contact with people. Being a hermit isn't very healthy, and my favorite exercise is taking long walks. I could not stand to take walks during daylight hours when the streets and sidewalks are packed with people who may try to interact with me. So I came up with the solution of walking between midnight and 4am. I walk for an hour or two at a time through the dark streets and alleys of my city. I found over time it's best to avoid pools of light and to stick to the shadows because regularly when I would walk into lighted areas there was often a sudden and violent outburst of barking from a nearby home. Dogs would often hear me and approach but the sight of a 6 foot 3 inch looming figure stepping out of the darkness into the light all of a sudden would send some of them into fits. I developed a routine over time where I would walk a mile or so to a 24-hour gym, which would be completely abandoned at 2 a.m. or so. I'd work out for an hour, then walk a mile back home, often taking odd winding paths both ways to increase my walking distance. Some nights I felt watched, which is a very weird feeling when you can't see your hand in front of your face. I would always avoid the most well-lit paths, but that didn't stop me from feeling observed. One night, I sat my water bottle down and bent to tie my shoe near my home at the start of my journey. I stood up and continued to the gym, got there, used the keyboard to get into the gym, then realized I'd left my water bottle back near my house. I sighed, shrugged, went about my workout routine. When I came out of the gym, the door smacked something on its way out. My water bottle. It had been set in front of the door, which opens out. It was mine... A green camelback just like I'd brought with me. But I'd sat it down before walking a mile of winding paths through the darkness. And I literally could not have sat the bottle there before entering, as it was in the pathway of the door opening out. I walked home that night a bit more quickly. I appreciate you sharing your encounter. This story reminds me of the old campfire stories from when I was a kid. Subtle, spooky, full of atmosphere, and just when they have you drawn in near, the hook. It's hard for me to imagine someone following this person through the city at such a late hour. Is it possible they were simply messing around with him and saw the bottle as a golden opportunity? I can't imagine how this person would have accidentally left his bottle outside an outwardly opening door. Not the easiest of tasks. Either way, thank you again for submitting your story. Be safe out there. Our next story is another anonymously submitted story, and this one about some ghostly activity in the writer's childhood home. I really enjoy the show, and I wanted to share a story with you from my childhood. For about five years, we lived in a two family house in a middle-class Victorian-style neighborhood. We had the top apartment that consisted of two floors, and there was a bottom apartment that we rented out. We moved in when I was five and out just after my 10th birthday. This was in the early to mid-1980s. My room and my middle sister's room was on the first floor of our apartment. My parents' room was upstairs on the second floor. There was a playroom we used next to their room. My youngest sister was born in that room. I don't really remember anything weird happening in there until my youngest sister was born in 1984. After she came home, we started to hear noises in the walls, thumping and knocking. Sometimes it was only one or two knocks, almost randomly. When we got scared, my parents said it was squirrels in the wall. One night, I woke up and went into the bathroom. I hadn't even gotten back to bed when the knocking started on my wall but this time it was in a very specific pattern. Each was a set of three hard wraps, and the wraps came in a triangle pattern, left, right, then just below in the middle. I ran to my parents' room and woke them up. My dad said I was dreaming. Even when I told him I was awake coming back from the bathroom, he said it was all a dream. So I slept on their floor the rest of that night. Then we started to hear voices in empty rooms. Nothing scary, just the sounds of a man and a woman talking in low, pleasant voices. Too low to hear the words. That was mostly coming from our playroom, and we always heard it when we were down on the first floor of our apartment. When my mom or dad would go to look, it would stop. They said we might be hearing voices from the apartment downstairs, but the sound was pretty clearly coming from above us, not below. My room had the doorknob changed at some point, and it was now higher than it had originally been. The hole the knob used to be in was still in the door, and I could see out into the front hallway through it. We had a very old-fashioned light switch in the hall, the kind that if you flipped it, you really had to apply pressure, and it made an audible click that echoed in the hall. One night I woke up, and I could hear it going, click, 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 like someone was turning the light on and off but I could see through the hole that the light was on. I got out of bed, crept to the door, peeking through the hole silently. There was no one in the hall, but I heard the noise for a good minute or so as I watched. I finally went back to bed and hid under the covers until I went back to sleep. By then, I wasn't telling my parents about stuff anymore because they always seemed to think it was only a dream or my imagination. When my youngest sister became old enough to talk, We would hear her talking in her room to someone. When we asked her who she was talking to, she said it was a boy. She also talked about birdies in her closet that would come out and fly around. This might have just been a little kid's imagination, but several times we heard weird fluttering, bumping, something scratching around and in her closet, like something small flying around. When we'd open the door, it stopped, and we never did find birds or even bats in the house which would explain what we were hearing. Just a fairly empty closet. Then, about six months before we moved out, there was the milk. My dad had gone out, taking my middle sister and my baby sister with him. My mom was in the backyard working in the garden, and I was up in the house, watching TV. I went to the kitchen and poured a glass of milk, and I put it on the table, and then went into our walk-in pantry to get some graham crackers. When I came out with the crackers, the milk was gone. I looked all around the kitchen for the glass, but I could not find it. I yelled down into the yard through the kitchen window, asking my mom if she took it. She came back into the house and said she hadn't been inside at all. We looked all over the house, even upstairs, even though I hadn't even been up there yet that day. She was sure I must have absentmindedly put it down somewhere else. When we finally gave up and came back into the kitchen, there was the glass of milk, full and cold, right on the table where I had left it. Even she had to admit that was pretty weird. We had other things happen. The radio in my room changed stations all by itself. There was a shadow that showed up on the wall of our playroom a couple of times that didn't seem to match anything that was in the room. It was a kind of tall, thin square. And the way it hit the wall it didn't match the light or how it was positioned. It would just kind of vanish on its own once we stopped paying attention to it. The family that lived in the apartment on the first floor also had kids, and we played with them. A few times, their oldest daughter told me that some weird things had happened to them, mostly banging on the wall. One day, though, she told me she had seen a man out of the corner of her eye walk by her bedroom door when she was playing with her sister. Her sister saw the man straight on and said he was a stranger. They ran into the hall, but there was no one there. They called for their mother, but she found no one in the apartment either. It wasn't their father because he was out, still at work. That family was very religious, and their thought was it was some kind of demon, and they didn't really let the kids talk about it, so I only talked to her a few times about it in secret. I have no idea if they experienced anything else. We moved out after I turned 10. I never did get to talk to anyone who moved in after to see if things happened to them. I wish I could have. Years later, as an older teen, I talked to my dad about it, and he said he thought, a lot of what happened was weird, and he confirmed that a lot of the explanations he gave me he had made up so that I wouldn't be scared. I didn't know what was going on, I still don't, it was just weird, he told me. He also told me that the woman that sold us the house told him a young man had killed himself on the second floor of the house in the late 1970s. I've never been able to confirm this though, and dad said he kept it to himself because he didn't want to creep us or our mom out. Unfortunately, the house burned to the ground in 2011, and all that's left is a weedy lot. It changed owners quite a few times in the 1990s and 2000s, finally ending up abandoned for several years before it burned to the ground. They still don't know why it burned, although the fire department said they thought it might have been an accidental fire as there were squatters known to be in there from time to time. I have to admit, I kind of wonder if the fire had something to do with all the strangeness there. As weird as the house was, I was pretty sad when I saw it on the news. It was a beautiful house, and there was something unexplained in there. It never tried to hurt us. It seemed to me it just wanted to be known. But who knows? Maybe it really was squirrels and weird acoustics. I don't know. I just know that it was the only house I've ever lived in that had odd things happen in it. That thing with the milk kind of seems funny to me now, as an adult. That's quite a bit of activity for such a short period of time. Uh, thank you very much for recounting your story for us. You know, all the activity described seem to uh, ring of poltergeist activity. For those unfamiliar, uh, poltergeist activity is a type of ghost or supernatural entity which is responsible for physical disturbances such as loud noises and objects being moved or destroyed. They are purportedly capable of Pinching, biting, hitting, tripping people. Most accounts of poltergeist describe the movement or levitation of objects such as furniture and cutlery, or noises such as knocking on doors. The term poltergeist is derived from a German term which roughly translates to pounding ghost. No matter what you call it, that type of experience would be terrifying for anyone, let alone a small child. So thank you again for sharing your experience. Our final story of this evening comes to us from a gentleman named Will. Will from Iowa. Here is his tale.
1: My name is Will, and I'm from Iowa. I grew up on a road named Stony Hollow, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of stories around these parts about that road. Um, most of them have to do with Indian ghosts and stuff like that. Uh, that's, that's not what my story's about, though. I just listen to your episode three where a man described seeing three strange shapes moving in, uh, moving in sync with one another. And it reminded me of something similar I experienced on that road back in the early two thousands or late nineties as a child. I was looking out the window of my house and this is, this is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, nearest house is a couple of miles away. Just, uh, gravel road woods uh, it was probably midnight or 1 a.m and I look out the window and I see three shapes uh, well actually I see one shape walk step onto the road into the light and then it steps forward and another shape is behind it and then they both step forward and then a third shape and these three forms walked across the road uh, they were bipedal uh, but they moved really oddly, and I couldn't place what it was at first. And then I realized that they were moving in tandem. Uh, they All their movements were mirrored. And about the time I realized this, they stopped. And I, I could only see their silhouettes in the moonlight, just three dark, similar shapes. But when they stopped, I could tell that they were looking at me, or at the very least, they felt they were being watched, and they were looking for what was looking at them. And uh, that is one of the most terrifying moments of my life. Uh, I, I don't remember much past that. That is nearly the extent of the memory. Um, the road was maybe uh, quarter a quarter mile away from the house, maybe a bit less, but it was not far. But it also was not terribly near, either. And I was not pressed up against the window. I was, I was, uh, back about a foot, at least. But, that is my story. And after hearing the other person relate his story of the three synced things, which gazed at him, it, uh, it brought it back into, back in the forefront of my mind, something I hadn't thought about in a long time. And I just wanted to leave that story for you. Bye.
0: Thank you, Will. Now, of course, the call he's referring to was from episode three, Strangers Among Us. The final call from that episode described three shadowy figures outside the caller's window. Here's a portion of that call to jog your memory.
2: Like I said, this was about 20, maybe even 21 years ago. I was, uh, I wasn't even quite yet a teenager. I was dead asleep in my room, but like just suddenly, I had like this urge. I felt like very compelled to wake up. This is a little bit after 2 a.m., and uh, I also felt compelled to go walk over to my one of my bedroom windows. As I'm peering down, looking at this corner, I see three figures walking away from uh, away from my house. So I'm watching them for a long moment, and I don't know why. Like I, I just, like I said, I just woke up and felt compelled to kind of go over the window and take a peek out. But I could just, I could see the more or less the dark outlines of like people. Um, but it was really strange. As I was watching them, I noticed that they were all moving in unison, like almost like perfectly synced together. Uh, they're sort of in like a not quite a straight line, almost like an angled line, uh, walking down the. Uh, well, it would become the sidewalk, but uh, it was just kind of like a dirt path at the time. And they were also very, very slow. Even though they were moving kind of constantly, it didn't seem like any of, their moves, any of their movements were in any kind of hurry. They just sort of almost like glided down the street. So I'm watching them for a very long moment, and all three of them stop. And I don't know how to explain it. it even though I couldn't really make out any detail, I could tell... That they all sort of turned their heads to look at me. Whatever I was looking at, they knew that I was watching them, and they were watching me there for that for that long, long moment.
0: The similarities of these two calls are eerie. Both seem to describe very similar encounters. Neither of these stories seem to fall in line with shadowman activity, nor do they seem to fit any other subgenre of cryptozoology or paranormal entities. Perhaps our callers have stumbled upon a completely new phenomenon. If any of you listening have experienced anything like this, please reach out to me. I'm very curious to know if there are others out there that have had run-ins with these mysterious beings. Now, before I close out the episode, I wanted to share some good news. Due to a recent influx of written submissions, I've decided to do a weekly teaser show as well as the full weekly episodes. I've not yet worked out all the format details, but I do know that the show will be free and will also be available on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and the site's webpage. So, for those of you out there that are asking for more content, there you go. Look for the first mini-episode next week. Alright folks, that wraps it up for tonight. I'd like to thank all of you for listening, and a special thank you for tonight's story submitters. Remember, Follow the show on Facebook and Instagram. Pop over to www.cryptopia.us for your up-to-date creature news. Remember to call in your sighting. The Monster Hotline is always open and always free. 1-888-608-NIGHT Lastly, help support the show and buy cool stuff in the process. Visit my Etsy shop, the Rag and Bone Emporium. There's plenty of cryptic goodies to go around. Bigfoot hair, Sasquatch teeth, the Fiji mermaid, and even a werewolf claw. Every purchase made helps cover hosting fees and equipment upgrades. Just move on over to the show's webpage at www.heretherebemonsterspodcast.com and click on the Support the Show tab. There you'll find a direct link to the shop. Use coupon code MONSTER for a discount at checkout. Alright folks, that's it for this week. Thank you all for listening, and until next week.